0: Us. today we have an amazing guest now he did I, we just reached out to this guy because I got his book read it and I crushed it in a couple hours and the reality is I was like oh my god our people need this message so I've got Mike McCAlowitz here from I mean he's a he's an author speaker best-selling publisher I mean well best-selling maybe just an author and a speaker right <laughs>
1: I'll take the publisher credit I love to. Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> you'll do whatever it takes but you yeah. The book that we're here today to talk about is it, it squarely looked at putting money, cash money in your pocket. And today we've got Mike. Mike, thank you for being here today with us.
1: Daniel, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate this. And, and I know we were speaking briefly offline that we were able to do some prompting like this. This is awesome. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, I, we just called him up and said, hey, let's let's meet. Um, yeah. And that's how I love his message. And, and the book that we're talking about is Profits First. And so I'm in a mastermind group large group and I had a friend, send me your instant assessment. And mm. and and that's what we're gonna start with. We're just, Mike, why'd you write the book and, and how should an entrepreneur use this book?
1: Yeah, so I, I wrote the book because of my own struggles with entrepreneurship. It's funny when people hear stories of entrepreneurs, my story is no different. There's these bullet points of success. So it sounds like what I've done is so wonderful. I I've, I've built and sold two multi-million dollar companies. I had a business of mine that was acquired by a Fortune 500 a company called Robert Half International. I was a multi I was a uh, self-made millionaire in my early 30s. And uh, that's where I kind of stopped things. But the 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 elements in between is the real story during running those businesses, I was actually losing money, constant stress and panic. I was lucky to sell the businesses. That's what saved me. But also I was rich of full of ego and arrogance. And it's a deadly combination. My third business as an angel investor, I blew every penny I had. I lost my house, lost my cars. The one thing I didn't lose was my family. And I'm actually shocked they didn't leave because it was such a destructive phase. But it also became a realization for me that I had no understanding around entrepreneurship. I thought I knew everything. That was my arrogance. Um, I knew very little. I developed the Profit First system for myself because I didn't understand how to drive profit in a business. I, I, I thought I did, but I didn't. And I developed a system that worked with my natural behavior. When entrepreneurs discover and read Profit First, they, I hope, find a system that will serve them too because most entrepreneurs don't know how to read income statements or balance sheets or cash flow statements or any of that stuff. That's what the accountants do. What we do is as business owners, often is just look at our bank account and make decisions based upon what we see there. So I set up a system that allows us to continue that behavior, log into your bank account, but will force that you to make logical, appropriate, profitable decisions and really drive your business forward.
0: Well, what's cool about um, your story is that you've actually had exits and that is, yeah. I mean, a very sh- small amount of entrepreneurs actually have exits. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think, I think the struggle is real, right? I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, everybody on this audience is an entrepreneur. And I yeah. think, you know, when you're in a group with other entrepreneurs, you realize the struggles that we have, the up and down, the, the quarters without profits. Oh, One of my good friends who, you know, runs a really big business, you know, six months last year, he couldn't take a paycheck.
1: Yeah. That's a a real thing. So, you know, what I discovered is uh, revenue – is actually a stress factor, meaning the more revenue a business generates, the more stress it puts on the organization because revenue is obligation. More revenue we generate, we are more obligated to deliver on a promise to a customer. We sell more, we have more to deliver. So that's actually stress on the organization. The equilibrium comes about when we have profitability. Permanent profitability, you know, if you're earning and, and retaining money, it reduces that stress. Most organizations actually try to continue to sell more and more in hopes of achieving profit, but never have it. So they actually acquire more and more stress for the organization, hoping that's gonna relieve the stress, and it doesn't. It's a sad truth, but I see many businesses that achieve first that million dollar mark, that's the first big goal, and then they hit the five, then the $10 million, and the owner is actually under more stress than ever, making less money than ever. It's, it's, It's a horrible reality that we exist in today.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. What you just said is counterintuitive because the the standard like business thing is revenue cures all problems, but we <laughs> right, mean, right. more revenue causes more problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's this belief, you know, make more money, make more money. And um, we can sell our way out of it. And the, the reason that's a quick endorphin kick. Every time you close a project, get a new sale, big chunk of money comes in, there is an endorphin release, and we feel good. But yeah. by the next day, it's like, where the F did this money go? And then panic ensues. Yeah. And the, the reason we fall victim. There's a behavioral tendency called Parkinson's law. Yeah. Parkinson, theorists from the 1950s studies the, our use of time. The more time that's made available to do something, the more we consume that time. Yep. But it also plays out in resources. Like I like chocolate chip cookies. If you put one cookie in front of me, I'll eat it. If you put 15 in front of me, I'll eat more than one. So the more supply, the more I'll consume. And this is true for money too. The more money that flows into our business, more sales, the more we start consuming. So most businesses as sales increase, we will see almost uncannily expenses increasing at the exact same rate. But the second sales falters, we are very slow to unwind expenses. So our sales dip, expenses continue, and now we have this gap, which is all this debt we start accumulating. And that puts the extreme stress on an organization, debt accumulation with climbing sales.
0: There you go um good so let's dive in um yeah. you're an entrepreneur you wrote this book for yourself to align your natural behavior with what was happening in your businesses you've had exits you're actually quite kind of famous that's the cool <laughs> you're you are i mean okay and then you wrote profit first so uh we've got the instant assessment And it's a tool and we're going to give it away to everybody who's watching today. You can just click kind of the button and go right to Mike's website. Um, and, and just download it and it's free and all that. But Mike, break down the process of determining whether you have a healthy business or, or an unhealthy business, or, a what, what would you say to the other was below that?
1: Well, just, just a terminal business. I mean, it's going to die um, and you should exit out. I would suggest that we first have to challenge the formula, the fundamental formula that all businesses run on. And it is the established profit formula. We are told, Daniel, that sales minus expenses equals profit. And I right. everyone, everyone watching right now says, of course, everyone knows that. Here's mm. the problem. That formula, I believe, is so flawed, it's crushing business. Because what it tells us, even though it makes logical sense, it tells us that profit comes last. Sales minus expense equals profit. And when something comes last, that means in human nature, it's insignificant. Like if I'm going to put my health last, or I'm going to exercise last, or whatever it is comes last, it's a leftover. It can wait. It's the perpetual Mignana syndrome. So the manifestation of this for most businesses is we wait till the end of the quarter, or within the month, we look at our numbers, usually for many businesses, quite frankly, it's once a year when the accountant prepares a report and they say, right. shucks, I wasn't profitable. And they say, well, maybe, maybe next year, literally profit gets delayed another 365 days. Right. That's the problem. So the, to shift, what we're going to do is do sales minus profit equals expenses. That's the profit first formula, sales minus profit equals expenses. By now what we're doing is we're going to bake profit into every transaction of your business. When you have a sale, we immediately subtract a predetermined percentage of that money, allocate it toward profit, little cash, we transfer cash, hide it away from the business, and the business operates off the remainder. Because it's behavior, when something comes first, it's priority. When I say I'm gonna put my health first, when I'm gonna exercise first thing in the morning, the likelihood of it happening increases dramatically because it's put first. So if your business is putting profit last, you're already on the sick list, you know, we're ranking businesses because you're saying it's the last consideration. To get right. the business healthy, we need to start taking our profit first.
0: But Mike, I want to, I'm, I'm reinvesting into my business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grow it.
1: Yeah. Say, yeah, I've got it.
0: I've got it. you know, I've, I'm, I'm reinvesting.
1: Yeah. So I hear all the time, reinvest, plow back, push back, the three most common uh, people respond to me saying, but I got to grow. So my first question is, well, what do you need to grow for? And they often say, well, to get bigger. And I say, well, why do you need to be bigger? And they say, to make more money. Why do you need to make more money? So I have more profit. I say, okay, so you're to do all these things to one day to get the profit, right? They say, exactly. I said, that's the definition of putting profit last. And if you don't have it as a habitual prof- a process, you will never achieve it. Profit doesn't just magically happen one day, but that's the perception. If we grow enough, profit will just flip over and there are the lottery winners, right? So we hear the stories in the news of how Twitter has been unprofitable for 10 years consecutively, but they're on the verge of being profitable and they have enough investors. Right. Th- those are the anomalies and the outliers. The-, the traditional business will never get VC capital funding. I bet you the majority of people in here have not got venture capital funding. Right. Probably the only funding came out of your own purse, your own pocket, or maybe some friends and family. But yeah. we really get funded. So we need to make a business that's healthy from day one. This yeah. concept of grow to get profit is wrong. The-, the second thing, though, that's interesting is we now have over 100,000 businesses that have implemented profit first. We've over 3,000 documented case studies. What we have found is that businesses that take their profit first actually grow faster than their industry contemporaries, which Mm -hmm. is kind of shocking. I didn't expect that. But what we found is when you start taking your profit first, it forces you to reverse engineer the business. You know, once you take your profit first, there's less money for expenses. So now you have to be selective. What am I going to spend this money on? Now you can't arbitrarily do it. You can't say, I'm going to run Facebook ads because everyone else does. I'm going to, you know, run an ad in the paper because everyone else does. You now say, what historically has worked for our organization? Whatever's worked, let's amplify that. We've proven quantitative numbers that support this. Let's do more of it. The other yeah. stuff you have to jettison and get rid of. So by yeah. taking your profit first, you have to narrow down on and focus on what's working. When you focus on what's working, you start resonating often with a more narrow community, the people that appreciate what you're doing, which is called niche specialization. And- you probably heard this a million times, the riches are in the niches. The more niche specialized you are, the stronger your reputation, the faster you grow. So take your profit first. You actually grow faster. That's amazing.
0: Okay. So um, how much profit should I make? I mean, that's the question, right? And I think you've, you've, you've nailed it under a million 96% of businesses are under a million dollars in revenue. Yep. 4% ever actually get over a million and then 0. 0.4, four tenths of a percent ever actually get over $5 million. Yes. In revenue. So it's a very small group. So if I'm doing under a million, how much profit should I have? If I'm doing that in between how much and then over what, what should it be?
1: So our company ran an analysis of what we call the fiscally elite businesses. And we were industry agnostic and revenue agnostic, meaning we looked at pizza shops to Law hmm. firms and we looked sure. at all different things. The second thing is we looked at businesses that were literally brand new startups and doing under a hundred thousand in revenue. Uh yeah. businesses doing million, all the way up to fifty million. And so based upon the revenue, the revenue that you're generating, the numbers start to change. I'll give you an example because I have this one memorized. Yeah. That a two million dollar company, regardless of the industry, will be posting about 10 10% in profit. Also, the owner will be taking in personal salary and an additional 10%. Plus, the business will be allocating 15% of that top-line income to reserve for the tax liability of the owner. So the owner never worries about taxes again. And right. then the final remainder, which is 65%, goes to operating expenses. So okay. place out a $2 million business, posts a $200,000 bonus check, that's profit at the end of the year, right. paying the owner an additional $200,000 in compensation, reserving right. $300 for the tax liability you're going to have, and then has a remainder, which I think is $1.3 million or $1.2 million, to operate the business. So that that gives you a sense.
0: Okay. Well, and uh, you have this concept and I love, I love having you on this because we get to pick your brain, but you have this concept of real revenue. Yeah. Versus, you know, and that's just an interesting perspective. Talk to us about real revenue.
1: Yeah. So this, I, I took the accounting concept of revenue minus cost of goods sold equals uh, gross profit. So real revenue is not the same as gross profit, but it works similar, in a similar fashion. Okay. Here's what happened. I was meeting a home builder um, who was doing, I think it was about $30 million in revenue. And he was acting like it. His car was, you know, a guy owned a $30 million business and his lifestyle was equivalent to it. Sure. But he he was going broke. So I asked him a question. I said, uh, his name also was Mike by chance. I said, Mike, you're making $30 million in revenue. I said, how much of that money goes to subcontractors, plumbers, electricians, and so forth? He says, oh, about $10 million. So when he gets 30 million in, 10 million immediately is going to these subcontractors. I said, how much is going to materials like uh, sheetrock and, and, and wood and stuff? He goes, oh, that's another, you know, 15 million or so. So I said, okay, of your 30 million that comes into your company, 10 million, you're basically taking money from your customers and handing it over to another company, the plumber or whatever, for them to do work. He said, yes. I said, you're taking money from your customers, 15 million, and giving it to the lumber yard or whatever to get the materials that the customer's buying, Right. I said, yes. I said, okay, well, that means you're actually generating $5 million in revenue. That's, you know, 30 million minus 10 and 15. So you generate $5 million in revenue and you're being paid $5 million to move money around on behalf of the customer. The customer could effectively hire that plumber directly or go to that that, uh, lumber yard directly, but you're just giving them that convenience of managing the money. So I said, you're not a $30 million company, you're a $5 million company that's managing $25 million above the line. So we had to act like a $5 million company. And that was the kind of the big aha to him. He was, he was living the lifestyle of a $30 million guy. He was comparing himself to other $30 million businesses. I said, dude, you have a $5 million business that just kind of moves money around. Let's act like a $5 million business. That's what the real revenue is. It's to put everyone on a similar playing field, the real size of our business. That's amazing. And then you run your profits and your numbers
0: based on- Off the 5 million.
1: Now, you know, comparatively, I was talking with a accounting company that was doing $5 million in revenue. They don't have right. subcontractors. They do it all in-house. They don't buy materials. It's all in-house. Their $5 million company is a $5 million company. And they're on the exact same level as that 30 million air quotes, uh, home builder. So they're the exact right. same. They're both 5 million. I
0: love it. I love it. Okay. So the mindset is- know your real revenue, manage your profits first and then make the the company accountable to operating the expense to grow with that what's left over after the profits.
1: Yeah, that's the exact process. We're reverse engineering what the company can live off of. When you when you declare I want my business to achieve 10% profit this year or whatever the number is, start taking it immediately. You take that percentage out. Then your business will tell you, this is what we have to run with. And if you can't pay your bills, then your business is telling you, you can't afford your bills. And if you can't afford your bills, there's only two things you can do. Cut unnecessary costs. I think most businesses can cut 10%, sometimes even 20% of the fat of a business. Don't cut the muscle though. And any business can increase margin. How do you repackage what you're doing so that you can dictate a higher premium for what you do? The right lesson's always this, though: if you're not able to sustain the profit you've declared, it's not that there's profits the problem. There's something fundamentally wrong with the business that we need to resolve.
0: You, I want to unpack. Don't cut, cut the muscle, cut the fat.
1: Yeah, that's
0: important. Talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So businesses have two types of costs. Fat is where there's, it's not deriving a benefit. So that's a cost we incur where there's no quantifiable benefit to it. I I move into grade A space and I, I will in my head try to quantify and justify it by saying, well, you know, when customers come in, they see how successful, how wonderful my space is. They're more likely to do business with me. But the reality is no customers have ever come to my office. So that really doesn't matter. So, I, if I got grade C space and I work in an industrial complex, it would make zero difference. That's called fat. It's an expense that really just serves our ego but doesn't derive direct and quantifiable benefit to the business. Muscle is something that drives benefit. So I have a couple of employees here, We're a small company with 14 people but um, one other person here, Amy, if she just, if I fire her today and she never works her here again, we can't do any of the shipments we have to do if I fire Erin, there goes part of our consulting services we provide because she does level one consulting service. That's the muscle. Those people are doing things that directly drive revenue to this business. Even, you know, either they're providing a direct service or they're providing a support so that people can derive those services. That's the muscle. And, uh, you know, I told people about profit first and someone said, Oh, I can achieve hundred percent profit. I'm going to take all the money out and I'll have no costs. Well, that means that your business is out of business because you can't deliver on your promises to your customer. Right. If you cut a, a cost that compromises your ability to deliver on a promise to a customer, you're cutting muscle. Got it.
0: Perfect. Um, all right. So you said a couple things and for the audience who actually says, Oh my goodness. I'm going to get the book. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to download the assessment. You guys have consultations, it sounds like. So talk, talk me through that. I mean, this isn't a sales pitch, but we want to understand the service you provide in that, in that space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it may be even premature for people to to do it. So let me explain what it is. We have an organization called Profit First Professionals. When I wrote the Profit First book, uh, countless people immediately started saying, who's the accountant or bookkeeper or the coach that supports that? That's what, that was the conception or inception of Profit First Professionals. We now yeah. have, uh, so we're approaching 400 people who have become certified in this methodology as accountants or bookkeepers or coaches to help businesses with the advanced process. Right. I think the starting point, though, for anyone is you know buy the book. You can get you know a new one costs on Amazon like eighteen bucks, or you can buy a used one for a penny. Like, uh, you know, go start there. Go to the library, get a free copy. But really, start there and understand the concept. I found that a lot of businesses can at least get the ball rolling um, because right. because it's so simple. You set up these accounts at your bank. It pre-allocates money to its intended purpose. You know how to spend it. You can get the guardrails in, in position. Then, if you want to go further. That's the time to just type in Profit First Professionals and and hook up with someone.
0: That is perfect. All right. Hey, Mike, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, if you want to get more, um, in the chat, we've, we've got a link to his website so you can actually get the assessment and actually buy the book and uh, follow you. Where do people find you, by the way?
1: Yeah. So, uh, thanks for letting me share, Daniel. So, the, the website is com. Everything's there. Here's the problem. We were talking about this offline. It's first of all, it's impossible to pronounce. Good luck spelling that nasty Polish name. So I have a shortcut. It's my nickname in high school, which was Mike Motorbike. Here's the great irony. I've never driven a motorcycle in my life. Um, But that was my nickname. So if you go to MikeMotorbike.com, it'll bring you to my site. uh, All my books are there. I actually have a free book. Uh, it's on Amazon, but you can get it for free called Surge. No shipping costs, no nothing. You can get immediately. Um, I used to write for the Wall Street Journal. So my articles are there. I'm a podcaster and a blogger too. So all that stuff's at Mike Mutterberg. Do you
0: have a podcast around this topic at all?
1: I do. It's called Entrepreneurship Elevated. And uh, we, it used to be called the Profit First Podcast, but we rebranded it because we're exploring so many topics. But almost every episode, we tackle something around driving more profit in the business.
0: I love it. Mike, thanks for your time. You've been amazing. Um, And I hope our audience has enjoyed this. I personally have again, man. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you, brother. I enjoyed it.